Obedience no longer is something that is a requirement for salvation. Why? Because we have the obedient one, Jesus Christ, and we are placed in him. Hey guys, welcome back. It's Pastor Jesse Martinez here, and you are watching Bible Line. We are continuing to address commonly used verses in the comment section of our videos to push the Reformed view that a person can lose their salvation by taking a look at their good works, and it may even prove that they never really believed enough at all. And the verse we're going to look at is in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, in verse 17. If you haven't already watched the first installment in this series of verses, you can check it out, 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 5, and there's a little bit more introduction that kind of explains why we're doing this, but today we'll just get right into it. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. A lot of critics will point to this verse and shout how a believer who is continuing in sin has evidence that the old things are not passed away. So they will argue here that the old things that pass away are all of our sin. I don't believe that is accurate, but they will weaponize this verse to prove authenticity of a person who's really trusted in Christ is the absence of any and all sin. That's never possible for a believer. And let me tell you why. I think it's very easy for a believer to look at the sins that are wrong and, you know, the things that are wrong, like the don't do list, but there's also the sins of omission. When we do not do the things that we should do, that's just as bad. And I think if people take an honest look, and that's the problem, people don't take an honest look. They're going to do enough to deceive you and me, but uh, inwardly they know they do not do all the things that they say. That's why Piper says he questioned his salvation in the way that he treats his wife. And you know what? You want to find that? Google it. It's there. He said it. Uh, that's why R.C. Sproul said he questioned if he was ever truly converted. These people don't have any assurance of faith because they subscribe to a theological system that doesn't give it, that twists, especially verses like this. So people won't live in sin if they're a new creature. That's what 2 Corinthians 5.17 is so often weaponized to say. But what is Paul teaching in 2 Corinthians 5.17? Well, I think he's speaking about the new birth, the new man, that is uh, born again right at the moment of belief. The old things that are passed away, I think, are the penalty of sin and the influence of sin in our life. We do not have to live to those things anymore. Now we can go on through our progressive sanctification doing good things, and God will reward us for that. And when we live in our old nature, God will also reward us for that, not in a positive sense, but we'll have chastening and we will be uh, disciplined. So there's an obedience-disobedience consequence here. But the, I think the active phrase to understand is, if any man be in Christ. I want you to travel over with me to the book of Galatians in chapter 3. We're going to start in verse 24. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 24. Paul, he's writing to the churches in Galatia, a region, about nine different uh, cities in this region. And they were coming under attack. There were Judaizers that were coming in and saying, you got to get circumcised. You have to follow the law in order to really be saved. Uh, but that was not true. And so Paul is in the middle of a discussion here, but he uses a phrase that I think is important to understand, 2 Corinthians 5.17. But in Galatians 3.24 through 28, Paul says this, 
Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith is come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, for ye are all one in Christ Jesus. And if ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. What this verse, this passage is saying, the law served as a teacher. That's what schoolmaster means in verse 24. And that teacher was to point us to Jesus, to the Messiah. He was the one who could satisfactorily meet the requirements of perfection to receive eternal life, not ourselves. And so we are justified by coming to Christ by faith. Faith is not what saves us. The content of our faith is what saves us. You believe, trust, pistuo, on Jesus Christ's finished work, you receive immediately, right there, justification. Verse 25, but after that faith has come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. Obedience no longer is something that is a requirement for salvation. Why? Because we have the obedient one, Jesus Christ, and we are placed in him. And then he says in verse 29, if you be Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So the promise that was made to Abraham, we are now grafted into that promise. How? By our obedience? No. By our continued obedience? No. And that is that destroys the Calvinistic argument that if you're really saved, these things will be gone. We are not judged based on our obedience. We are judged based on where our faith has been placed in Jesus Christ, justified. Oh, so that means you can go and sin and live however you want and you'll still be saved? Well, if there's always enough grace, then there is no amount of sin that can overcome that grace. I do not teach, nor does any free grace theological teacher say, go and live it up. No, you are. You can choose to do that, but you won't get away with it. But to say that you'll be eternally damned again into hell and brought under condemnation is to go against what Jesus taught. And if you don't think that's fair, well, then you got to take that up with God. Because God is the one who said, through his son, the moment that you believe, you're passed from death unto life. Why do we keep using John 5, 24? Because it's a great verse that teaches that once a person is saved, they're eternally saved. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 is saying, you're in Christ, you're a new creature. And now I want you to go to John chapter 3, in verse 3, and we'll look at verses 3, 5, and 7. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, share this video. Subscribe to the channel by hitting the red subscription button and hit the little bell and set it to all so that every time we post anything, you get a notification. Maybe you have a video or a link where it's not pulled out of context of some Bible teacher or pastor teaching false doctrine. Please send that to us. We don't want to get into this he said, she said thing. But we just want to very clearly show the truth and expose the error. Send it to us along with your Bible questions. You can email us questions at BibleLineMinistries.org and we will do our best to review it and post a video about it. Let's get back to today's topic. Jesus is speaking here to Nicodemus. If you have a paragraph Bible or a study Bible, 
you'll probably see above John 3, 1, it says you must be born again because that's the, the that's the um, theological discussion that's being had with Nicodemus. Jesus says to Nicodemus in John 3, 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Verse 5, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. What I believe we can see with 2 Corinthians 5.17 and John 3.6 is that that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That is the old things have passed away. We are no longer only judged by that for eternal life. Everybody who dies with only their sin nature will be judged according to that sin nature. They'll fall short and they'll be cast into hell. The believer now has a second nature and that which is born of the spirit is the spirit. And that's what is being said in 2 Corinthians 5.17. If any man be in Christ, how are we found in Christ? By faith alone. He is a new creature. Old things are passed away. That which is of the flesh is of the flesh. Behold, all things are become new. That which is of the spirit is the spirit. That's what this verse is talking about. I don't see any case where this is saying, if you have old things, you're not really saved. Unless you have the pretzel-twisting theology of Calvinism, that's the only way you get to that conclusion. We're going to spend some time here in Ephesians chapter 2. You may say, Pastor, how many verses? All of them. Because Ephesians chapter 2 is an excellent, excellent point of view from what they were to who they are now without any change of behavior. Look what it says in Ephesians chapter 2. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, Wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we had our conversion in time past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. What Paul is saying is, that's all you had, is your flesh. And when Nicodemus says, how can a man be born again when he is old? Because you have to go back into his mother's womb. No, 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 Nicodemus, you're missing the point. You have to be born again. You have to have a new birth. And if the Ephesians here, they only had their first birth, their flesh. That's, that flesh can do nothing to please God. Absolutely nothing. Verse 4, But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened, he's, that means to make alive us together with Christ. Christ was buried, he rose again. You put your faith in him, it was if, it was as if you were buried and rose again with him. Romans chapter 6 teaches that as well. Look at verse 6. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Where, show me, in this, these six verses, is there an evidence of a changed life and action in these believers? It isn't. This is a part of our glorious salvation. That by simple faith in Jesus Christ... We are now sitting together with him in heavenly places. <laughs> That's great. That should be why we walk. And you'll see that here in a moment. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Now, I'm not having a stroke. I am being intentional in repeating this statement. 
not of works. Before or after, we are saved by the finished work of Jesus Christ and by placing our faith in him. Now, verse 10 is just as important. For we are his workmanship. Salvation is the wonderful masterpiece that God has redeemed sinful man to himself. How? By the shed blood of his son. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. The moment that you believed, you're born again and you have a purpose unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. God has not foreordained your actions. He has foreordained these opportunities for you to be obedient and you should walk in them. I don't see anything here that says you better really do these things to make sure you're really his workmanship. Instead, I see glorious promises that once I'm saved, I'm placed. I'm now a masterpiece of God and I have opportunities to show the world through my good works the glory of the Father. You see, Calvinism, lordship salvation, it absolutely diminishes the saving grace of God. It puts man's filthy rags on the same level as God's precious son, Jesus Christ, shed blood. I wouldn't stand too close to people who believe that. Might just get a little call from God in the form of a lightning bolt on the top of your head. And I think it's important that you take a look at what you really think saves a person. Because if there's any ounce of works, then it's not grace. That's why grace is what it is. It's unmerited favor. And good works are important. And yes, the believer will be judged based on how profitable or unprofitable they were in this life. But there is no threat of condemnation. We're seated in the heavenlies. Who we were before has passed away. That's not the only way that God will judge us. We now have this new nature, and we should walk in that new nature. Verse 11, Wherefore remember that ye, being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, you were not a Jew, you were not a part of God's people, that at the time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world, but now... In Christ Jesus, ye who were sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. You're in, baby. How? By the blood of Christ and your faith in him. Period. No good works. None. There's no if you continue. For he is our peace, who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace. All of this happens the moment of belief. And that he might reconcile, remove that which is in the way, both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you which were afar off, and to them that were nigh. To the Jew and to the Gentile, you put your trust in Christ. For though him, for through him we have both access by one spirit unto the Father. Now, therefore, ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. All of these things happen the moment of belief. There's nothing in here that says, if you, you, you keep on not sinning. 
in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are builded together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. I know we just went through all of Ephesians chapter 2, but folks, that's how we should read our Bibles fully. Not just cherry pick a verse, something that we heard in a Calvinistic sermon and hang it on our wall of good works and self-righteousness. That's what the Pharisees did. They picked the ones they were going to do and manipulated the ones when they didn't want to do it. And I want this to be an encouragement to you. Once you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you're a new creature. That old sinful nature is still there, but the penalty of it has passed away. It's gone. Don't live unto it anymore. This is true of you. Ephesians chapter 2, the whole thing is true of you. Why? Because you are placed in the body of Christ. How? You believed on Jesus Christ. And if you've changed your mind, I hope that you will go on teaching the truth. But write to us if you have a question. Send it to us. Questions at BibleLineMinistries.org. Until next time, keep looking up. Jesus Christ is coming soon. God bless you. If you enjoyed today's episode of Bible Line, make sure to subscribe to the channel and share this video with a friend. Do you have a Bible question? Send us an email, questions at BibleLineMinistries.org, and we'll do our best to get you an answer. Or you can leave your question in the comments of this video. Be sure to check the links in the description for more clear Bible teaching. Bible Line is a ministry of Calvary Community Church located in Tampa, Florida.